I know we're recording. Welcome to episode 16 of the Art and BS podcast. Recording once again from Broadway Studios in Fresno, California. I am your host with the most, James Geralds. Today we're recording. Actually, we're getting it out on time, you guys. You're not having to wait until Monday night. We got it going off in the morning. Art Hop was a blast. We're sparking off this episode, episode 16, with a little bit of reflection. I'd like to give all of you guys a sincere thank you for coming and checking us out at Art Hop. It was definitely a fun thing. Shout outs to the collectors, shout outs to you know everybody who's joined us on this artistic journey. Announcements. Um, if you guys haven't got the book, How We Got Here, you can check that out. I'm always going to plug that right up. Rate this podcast with the five-star joint. Leave some comments. That helps us on Apple, you know, with the whole metrics and things like that. Um, also, we're running a canvas sale with paintings. Uh, my link, the link is in my bio, jamesdrillsbigcartel.com. We're getting straight to the shits, you guys. In October, there's a uh, workshop. I'm trying to get to it. We got painting supplies, paintings knocked down at a generous little price. If you guys want a pet commission, you want a commission to your mom, whatever you're trying to get, now's the time to holler. Take advantage of it while the uh, prices are slashed up. So you can add that work to your collection. Okay, so today we have a guest that, um, you know what's interesting you guys is after Art Hop, I went out and I had met this particular guest for the first time in person and one thing about art I would like to say is is it, we live in this microwave society where a lot of times the only a access we have to particular artists is through the internet. So artists upload their works, we see it, we scroll, and we get this minute miniature view into what their complete body of work is, which is really not fair to the artist. I followed this, this gentleman on Instagram for a while, you know, we were mutual followers and I'd seen some of his work, but seeing him in action in Fresno at his booth set up, it was definitely in person, it was it was a lot more impressive than on Instagram. The sheer amount of work, the sheer amount of different techniques, the sheer amount of clean lines on, you know, small prints be it watercolor or, you know, pen work, it was definitely amazing and intriguing. And I say that to say this, through my phone there was no way that I could have appreciated the sheer scope and magnitude of what this gentleman has brought to the art world. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest on episode 16, Roski Doski. What up, what up? How you doing, brother? Good, man, good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. So this is your first time on the episode on the Art and BS podcast. Why don't you uh, give the family a little a little introduction to yourself? Because some people know who you are, you know, locally, but we're, we're trying to get global with this, man. Yeah. So tell the people who you are and a little bit about yourself. Uh, Ro, we call, I go by uh, Roski Doski on Instagram. Uh, basically a uh, wannabe artist from Fresno, California. Um, came up through uh, the homie Zumbi, Zumbi Nation. Uh, started tattooing a couple years ago with him, and uh, just because uh, like my career started going a little different as far as uh, my art, I decided to uh, 
to separate myself and, and, and go in another direction with my career. So right now, currently, I'm not uh, tattooing, but definitely shout out to uh, the homie Zumbi for putting me on and, and opening up a lot of doors for me. Okay. In the, in the art world. So. Okay. So, all right, let's let's dive a little bit in that because we're gonna we're we're gonna get all over the map, all across all across the atlas. Excuse me, folks. So, what do you mean how you you started? You said your art started going in a different direction. Break that down for me. Uh, and uh, what was it? Two, two thousand seventeen. Uh, Wise fools had a. Uh, one of the, I was like the second to the last uh, Simpsons show. Okay. And uh, where was that at? It was an Eat My Short show. Uh, was was, I, uh, I think I might have been in that one. Were you? Yeah, that was the one at the, the Cut, stadium, Trichessi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the cutouts, the head cutouts. I didn't Bart. have a head cutout, but no. those were there. I did the Homer Simpson, Norman Rockwell. Okay. It was there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you were probably, yeah, because like Brian was there yep. that year. Was that the year he did the Alien, the uh, Ridley from Alien? Uh, I believe so. Okay, okay. I think John Lopez. I believe, Lopez I believe was there it was. Too. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I ended up getting a, getting one of the cutouts of Bart's head. Uh huh. Um, I didn't want to just do an ordinary Bart. I know a lot of people kind of flipped it and, and did all kinds of crazy shit with it, but uh, I ended up like hitting my roots with the the whole uh, the whole uh, Chicano uh, cholo thing, mm -hmm. and I cut off his. Uh, I cut off his spikes off his head and made him bald. Mm -hmm. uh, filled up his head with tattoos and made him like a cholo. I put a red rag across his head. I remember and, that. Uh, uh, a friend of our, a friend of uh, the homie Alex bought it. Mm. Anyway, I took a picture before I actually sold it and uh, turned that. Somebody gave me the idea of, of making that a sticker, mm -hmm. and I ended up making it a sticker. And it's it did really well. It did really well. So. Mm. I made others. I made a uh, Homer. I made a Marge, mm -hmm. and they're all uh, what I call Por Vida. They're all for life. They all, I branded them with that, with that little, uh, with that little saying. Por Vida, Holmes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, those stickers like started doing really well for me. So I started just uh, thinking of other designs. Um, the tattoo I was tattooing at the time, but. Um, I had been doing. I've been tattooing for about six years, but it was it was uh, it wasn't really uh, my main source of income. It was kind of like a side thing. Now, were you apprenticing with with Zumbi as no, far as the tattoos uh, go? No, I started tattooing with Zumbi, and I was an artist straight straight from the from the gate. Um, so, I just wasn't on like Zumbi's been in the game forever. Zumbi's sure. been in the game for a minute. Sure. So uh, he had a good 10, 11, 12 years on me, and. Uh, I was still soaking up game from him while I was there, you know, as far as every aspect of art, not just tattooing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, but, uh, uh, the business side and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, tattooing was cool. Tattooing, uh, it was few and far between sometimes. as I didn't really have a, a, a clientele base that was, like, you know, that I constantly had coming in and stuff. Okay. So I was... Ba I was uh, had to uh, take on walk-ins and stuff, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Okay. And those, that was like, even though we're downtown, mm -hmm. or he was located down, or he's located downtown, it's yep. not like, there's not a whole lot of walk-ins that come in. In that particular spot, yeah. as far as the foot traffic date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, now was he in the spot where he's at now? Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. facts, okay. Cause and, it, but, but Zumbi, like, Zumbi, Zumbi's a hustler. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Zumbi's got, 
clientele, like he's backed up right now at least two, three months. Yeah, for sure. So he's yeah, holding Duke's, that shit. Duke's he's a, been he's holding a that. Phenomenal artist. Yeah, he's yeah. been holding that shit down for a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, believe it or not, tattooing can be very stressful, <laughs> and uh, it just it'll take that one that one time to to like you mess up on somebody okay. or, or you know what I mean somebody comes back and like hey you did you did something wrong and you did mm-hmm. something you know what I mean and they're yeah. not necessarily mad they're just like you know bringing it to our or my attention uh-huh. and that kind of uh, starts messing with your head a little bit mm. but um so that had 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 some, definitely have some something to do with it but uh, yeah man this the the sticker thing started taking off for me and I was just like okay what am I going to do? You know what I mean? What am I doing? And the whole vendor thing, setting up the way you saw me that day, I enjoy that shit. Like, I enjoy going out there. I enjoy being, like, around the people like that and them coming to my booth and checking out my stuff. Mm-hmm. The reactions I get from them looking at my stuff, the, mm-hmm. the laughs, mm-hmm. the they see, uh, like that. There's a Readley piece. Uh, I, I made a Reese's Pieces oh. candy in Photoshop and I made it say Readly we have a beach you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and the reaction I got just from that was uh, I liked it I enjoy it so you know what I mean I, I, I'm, I'm cool like I love Zumbi and Zumbi did a lot for me but I just need to do something else you know what I mean every man must walk his own path brother yeah yeah you know so you know the thing about your art and I would like to say thank you for this gift pack you, you dropped off brother I mean no. You know, folks, Roski came in here, he came bearing gifts. He was he came, you know, with the prints, he came with the with the cold blooded uh <laughs> sticker pack, y'all. And it's got like all the clown and landmarks. I'm talking Fresno and Belmont, <laughs> Ashland and Marks, Dakota. Yeah. He was like, we also gully. Yeah, he had the gully, MLK in California, West Side Holla. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we got the De Chico's joint. We got Louis Key, which holds Definitely a special place. Marks. You know what I mean? Louis Key. Let's talk about Louis Key for a second. <clears throat> Louis Key, for those who don't know, is like a, is a staple grocery store in Fresno, California. It's been around forever. We're on the uh, west side. And uh, my grandmother used to get Farmer John's hot links from there. <laughs> And that was that was like the thing that I remember, you know, because they were the only place that sold them yeah. in Fresno. You know, so when I, I when I seen this man's sticker, he gives me a sticker pack. I open it up, and immediately I was connected to his artwork, you know. And this is a, a piece that I hadn't even seen prior today, but that just goes to show the magnitude of, you know, what he's doing right now because. Art doesn't connect with everybody, but if you can create art and it connects with somebody, then you did your job, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's already a lasting effect outside of me being a fan of your art and appreciating it. Connecting with it is like the upper echelon of what we hope to achieve as yeah, an artist. Yeah. So how'd you get started in art? Were you doing it in school? What, what was the whole, you know, uh, what was I, the ascension? Shit, I, I've been drawing since I can remember. My mom... Uh, did a lot of drawing and did a lot of portrait drawing of me and my dad. Mm. I remember uh, growing up finding stuff in uh, a baby book that she had put together for me, and she had different different drawings in there of, of me and my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that kind of stuck with me. Uh, 
I remember drawing like these cars. Like uh, what inspired me was uh, Mad Max. So I put together like these cars that had just just mad shit on it, like crazy uh. compartments and different areas with guns and shit like that. And uh, doing uh, girls' names, girls uh, would ask me to do, <laughs> to do their names like in graffiti. Hey. And I would do shit like that. <coughs> so were you pretty big into graffiti? Uh, yeah, man. I I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching it. I, I remember having homies that did it. Uh, I did it for a little bit, but I wasn't really big in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. In high school, I got more involved in it. Um, had a crew. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was a big, huge graffiti artist. I did fuck with it a little bit, but uh, I think, uh, what, painting and drawing was more my thing. Mmm, dig it. Okay, fantastic. So what type of subject matter were you leaning toward? Uh, more street shit, like, mainly graffiti. Like, I was drawing, like, doing, you know what I mean? Doing, uh, doing shit. you were like, doing girls' names, you yeah, were doing graffiti. Yeah, I would do, I would but do like, stuff like that. But, like, were you doing the type of stuff that you're doing now? Like, were you putting your humor No, I wasn't into... even. Yeah, well, yeah. Because, uh, like, there would be times my, my pop would have friends over. Uh-huh. And he'd, uh, like, those, some of the only times my, my pop would brag about me. He'd be like, hey, he knows how to draw. <laughs> and uh, he'd be like, draw him something, draw him something. So I would draw them, like, as a caricature. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, with a beer in their hand, they got big heads and doing something stupid, you know? Right. And make them laugh. And uh, they'd pay me money for the drawing. So that, uh, I guess that kind of kind of got me to where I liked people's reaction to my shit. You know how I mean? old were you at the time? I was maybe eight, nine, ten years old. Oh, good looking. Okay. So you were ten years old, eight years old, and you were selling art. You yeah, were people were paying I mean, you for art. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like let's think about that. Let's examine that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so you're eight I didn't years even think old. About it like right, that. yeah, no, no, no. Let's <laughs> examine this. Let's examine this, right? So at this point, you're like, oh man, people will pay me for this stuff, right? So then, as you're getting older, like it seems like you're already accustomed to receiving money for it. So then, when people are saying, "Hey, draw my name," when you're already, but see, that was more for, uh, like, for females. Like I was a sucker. Like, okay. You know what I mean? It was just because I wanted them to like me. Got you. you know okay. Right. So, at what point did you realize that you could make money off of that again? Shit. I think I guess I always kind of knew uh, in high school I would uh, do uh, party flyers and shit, mm. and uh, they would pay me for that. Okay. Whether it be whether whether it was money or you know what I mean some weed or something. Mm. Um, and yeah, all through I pretty much all throughout high school I was doing shit like that on the side. So it's always been a natural thing for you using your artistic passion to create. Yeah, you know, and originally, uh, when I got out of high school, I wasn't, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I ended up getting caught up, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of for not forced, but it was like either don't do shit or go to school for air conditioning. You know what uh, I mean? So I decided to go to school for air conditioning. H back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. And uh, shout out to my niggas with their HVAC oh, certifications mm -hmm. across the board. If y'all listen to Art and BS podcast, you got your HVAC certification. We proud of y'all. Keep hustling. Keep getting that money. Keep them air conditioning units popping. Yeah, it you takes know what I'm saying? Special kind of person, man. They be hot up in those attics and on those roofs. Facts, yeah. dude. So, what yeah, my shout day, out to man? Them, for sure. For real, man, we got we got family who's deep into that, so you know, much respect, much respect. But uh, yeah, that definitely wasn't for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I've always done something on the side with my that that pertains to my art mm -hmm. uh, to to get some extra cash. Uh, it wasn't until 2015 when uh, I was working at Home Depot and got hit with uh, a cancer. Uh, yeah, I got cancer in uh, the testes. I got testicular cancer. Mm -hmm. Man. Uh, and uh, <coughs> I had to go through the chemo thing. I had to do all that shit. And it kind of like put shit in perspective for me. I was like, for at, as a matter of fact, at Home Depot, I started working there as a fucking cashier. Uh, they found out I was doodling on some paper one, one day, and some dude was like, hey, you think you can make me a sign? I was like, show me what you need, and I'll see if I can do it. Sure enough, I made them a sign. They are like, hey, do you think you can make a five-foot-tall Homer uh, the mascot for Home Depot? People fucking love The Simpsons, don't they? <laughs> no, no, no. Homer the, Homer the, uh, the, the Home Depot uh, mascot. Oh, Okay. Home Depot as a mascot? Yeah, it's oh. a little dude with a fucking hat and big oh. balls. And oh, okay. Shit. Oh, I know that was dude's name. Okay. Yeah. Homer Depot. That's his name. Anyway, I did it. I made it out of foam, a foam board, and, 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 and I made I did it. And they were, like, impressed by this shit. And I was just like, it was, it was you know what I mean? It was whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they took me off the cashier and gave me, at the time I was part-time, but they gave me a set schedule. So I, I got, like, Monday through Friday from... Uh, 10 to 2 and they gave me a dollar raise so Ooh. I was like good you know what I mean so that right there kind of put me back into the whole art thing and wanting to do wanting to, wanting to make more art you know what I'm saying when, when, when that uh, when that hit so shout out to home people you know what I was talking to a guy who's like a phenomenal artist he told me when you get to a certain level the thing about being an artist is like People look at you like you're a fucking doctor or a lawyer. You know, like you have this specialized skill that can't get from anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So, it, it, you know, for me, it, it's taking that, you know, and cherishing it, you know, and embracing yeah. it, you know. Uh, one thing that I, I do want to talk about that was highly impressive when I saw you set up was on the right side, you had your artwork on the left side. Your daughter had a setup, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, how old's your daughter? Uh, 15. Okay. When did you start teaching her? And how did that all come about? Like, and talk about, you know, her process and, like, what you've seen as far as being a parent and where she's at now. Um, well, her, uh, her at on Instagram is at Gianna is cool. Gianna, G-E-A. N A K O O L. So I had to do that real quick because she would Got never to. forgive me. Uh, but she's she's had it. I didn't. I've never taught her anything other other than uh, maybe giving her tips on on certain things. But she's had it since uh, the day she could pick up a pencil. 
uh, creating in any pretty much any kind of medium she could she could do it um, she's recently like been doing still life stuff stuff that I'm scared to do just because I feel like it's hard um, she's been knocking the shit out of heart <coughs> okay so do you do you think that she's more of an observational artist and that gene maybe jumped you and it came from your mom because if your mom was doing portraits of your dad and you, yeah, yeah. then she, that seems like she was an observational artist. And if your daughter is doing academic stuff like the still lifes that I saw, right. you know, it would seem like that's more that gene from your mom. Yeah. Yeah, see, you get deep with that shit. I don't know. I've never even, I've never even like thought of it like that. But yeah, I guess, I guess so. And the way you're saying an observational artist, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm that. Uh, I try, I, do a lot of the shit from from the from the from top. imagination. And uh, one thing that Zumbi you're more of uh, an illustrator. Taught, yeah, Zumbi taught me was was reference, reference. Make sure you get reference. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's she's like excellent at that. Nice. My daughter is excellent at that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, she's uh, she's dope, man. I love that girl. She's dope. She didn't want to set up with me that day. She huh? was like, man, I want to go like set up on the corner on Fulton mm -hmm. somewhere. I was like. Real, like this is a good spot. Good, this, this is a very good spot. I mean, you, it's a good spot. It's not only a good spot, but your dad's a featured artist. Like, how are you gonna just leave your pop on? Well, you know? <laughs> and, and you know what? Here's my thing. I'm all about impact yeah, with yeah. artists, right? And what works? And I'm gonna tell you, a father-daughter combo of, you know, uh, uh, when you walk into a booth and there's a strong juxtaposition, and it's a father and a daughter, and they're both operating at the same capacity, it's highly impressive. It's even more impressive than, hey, check so-and-so up across the street, because no one's, very few people, there are people who will go and check both of you out, but having the visual impact of being able to look left and right is, is stunning, you right. know, in, right. in any other um, situation, you know you wouldn't get that same, that same effect. Yeah. So, talk about some of the shows that you've done, some of the group shows, talk about, you know, some of the favorite ones you've had. Uh, I think some of the favorite ones that I've been a part of were uh, some that the homie Henry Contreras uh, throws local. Um, the recent, most recent one was the Lowrider show. Um, that one was really cool. Okay. Uh, but like the Dia de los Muertos show, um, there's a couple here uh, downtown that uh, that I was a part of, but what were your top two favorites? The Dia de los Muertos and probably that taco truck throwdown, just because that kind of like like got my name out there. Okay. Yeah. So, what were your least favorites? Your two least favorites. Uh, shows? Yeah. Experiences and shows. Uh, damn. I don't want to. I don't okay. want to. We can skip yeah, that. I don't want to. You put don't that, have to say, if okay, I, put, if I say the building, well, it's going to be Well, here's my thing is that's why I ask experiences in shows yeah. is because that gives it a more general feel and you don't have to put anybody on blast. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so, you know, for example, when I asked, um, 
Brian Vasquez. Shout out to Brian. He was yeah. talking about you know oh, yeah. some of his first shows that he did, and he said that he was submitting art that wasn't necessarily true to who he was as an artist, right. and he felt like it didn't hit because it wasn't who he was, you know? And then once he started doing things that were more true to like his heart, then that impact started to blossom, you know? So for me, I'm just curious as to, you know, artists, you know, if there are any sort of things like that, you know, or, you know, maybe there is a time where, you know, you wanted to get, you know, a certain thing done and that wasn't able, you know, to be accomplished or any sort of, um, you know, the, the bloopers because with art it's not all roses you know and that's yeah. that's the thing about what we do yeah so talk about your favorite mediums uh right now watercolor watercolor has been like really my my favorite uh other than just straight up like pen on ink i mean ink on paper you're um, a psychopath dude why why is that you don't use white People who paint in watercolor, you guys don't use white paint. Oh yeah, they're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been it's super fun. Like it's super super fun. I've done pretty much everything mm-hmm. in that, but uh, I I, I want to get away from that. I want to I want to do more acrylic. I want to do more uh, oil. Scare the shit out of me. Come over. Really. Come join us. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful that's language, it, that's man. It, that's what, it, that's what a beautiful language. That's all I hear is, mm-hmm. that shit scares me. It's where it started at, man. It's where painting, painting started. Um, you know, you got to look at, I'm, let me get on my oil paint. I'm about to sell you guys. <laughs> all you guys come over to the oil paint because, look, you're painting with acrylic. Watercolor is fine. I, I'm cool with watercolor. But I feel like acrylic, it's plastic. So there's that. You know, and like oil, it's natural, it's it's flax, it's linseed, you know what I'm saying? So it's like pigments from the earth. You know, these are minerals, you're getting cadmium, you're getting cobalt. You know, these are things that are that are natural, that our planet produces. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's like, we live and we die. We can use these organic materials that come from the earth to leave our impression among people. Because I think in art, what we want to do is like, bring some sort of emotion to people and hopefully after we're gone like this stuff will be like around you know in some sort of capacity uh but it's like in the scheme of like mortality and being an organism using oil paint i feel like gives us more of a like uh, it's like we're more paying homage a to the people who put forth these like principles that we use today and then b we're get we're closer to the earth you know, as opposed to using like this plastic man-made thing that's right. more chemically, you know, engineered. That's real. Damn. No, that's real. But I mean, the watercolors, man, that's that's been, you know, used forever. It's a very regal tradition. Um, I don't know if you know, but like all the British royalty has done watercolor painting. Like really? every king and queen in British history has done watercolor painting. Windsor Newton was the first um, company to actually put watercolor in tubes. Yeah. Before that, it was just cake. Okay. So that's yeah, why. Yeah, that's a, those are the, a lot of the ones that I use. Mhm. Yeah, man. That's what's up. Yeah. We just sitting here chopping it up. Shout outs to the Apple listeners. Shout outs to the cats listening on the web. Shout outs to the people people on Spotify and Google, all the rest of the apps. We couldn't have got here without you. We appreciate it, our NBS family. So moving forward, 
we 27 minutes in, so we about to really get to the shits. This is about to get serious, y'all, okay? Like, like real, real serious. So, the other day, I was in Roski's booth, and I saw something, and I was gonna say something to him about it, but he agreed to be on my podcast, so I said, I'm gonna wait until I get him in front of you guys, and we're gonna pull, we're gonna pull this card, and we're gonna have a real serious conversation here. So, what we're about to talk about, brother, is Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Okay? So, on a scale from one to 10, how big of a Wu-Tang fan are you? Uh, shit. Be honest with you? Yes. Maybe a two. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I saw the artwork. You had it. It was the, you know, the pen on white. All the negative space oh, yeah, was yeah. popping, you know. Yeah. And I said, okay, I need to really see and have a Wu-Tang conversation because they raised me. Right. You know, okay, and I, okay. love, I love having talks about Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. So who's your favorite member? Uh... Method, I have to say Method, man. Okay. Just because I've, I've, I've listened more to Method than any of the other Wu-Tang Clan members, or even Wu-Tang okay. Clan as a, as, a, as a group. Back okay. in the day, man, okay. I grew up on uh, Dre, mm-hmm. Snoop, like in the 90s. So the whole, when the whole East Coast, West Coast things was popping, sure. like I was riding West, I was riding with the West Coast. Talk about it. Um, Wu-Tang was on some other shit, and I wasn't, like, it wasn't me, and I wasn't feeling it at the time, you know what I mean? And I was young, like 16, 17, so I wasn't feeling it. Uh, it wasn't until uh, recently, my 30s, mm. you know I'm, I'm 41 now, okay. so my 30s, I started appreciating hip-hop a lot more. Okay. Uh, hip-hop starts changing. I mean, uh, a lot of shit starts happening within within the hip hop community, and uh, yeah, it's just like I've I've learned to appreciate a lot of the stuff that I didn't back in high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so doing that piece, that wasn't something that I did. I can I can honestly say that it wasn't something that I did from the heart or something that I did. It was for uh, Hell and Ninja. I don't know if you know what Hell and Ninja. What's that? Ninja. It's a uh, show that I think uh, Sam puts together okay. from FTK. Uh, okay. He puts on a, like a ninja themed art show. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, like ninja themed foods, ninja themed beer. Nice. So I uh, used the Wu Tang, the actual W, and used different uh, different ninja uh, in themed uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just. Almost like a tattoo, put it together. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And uh, did that. But I gave, I ended up giving that piece to Zumi, who's a hella big, big uh, Wu-Tang fan. Okay. Wu-Tang fan so. We're going to have to talk Wu-Tang fan. We, I talked, you know, um, Danny, you know Danny DeMesa? Uh, DeMesa, that sounds... Yeah, he's... Um, yeah, he's like a muralist. He does fine yeah, art yeah. and stuff. Okay. And when he was on here... Um, I asked him, you know, we were talking about Wu-Tang, and he had said a quote, and I was able to finish it. And I'm always uh, like, because I'm from the dude, like, I have Wu-Tang Clan, yeah, they yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting hearing you say that, because I've always told people in passing, you know, um, growing up in the West Coast, I couldn't pay people to listen to Wu-Tang. <laughs> I couldn't pay them to listen to Nas. They yeah. said, here's what they would yeah. say, bro, is they would say, 
Pac ain't fucking with them niggas. <laughs> I ain't fucking with them niggas. I was on that close minded shit too. That's what they would say. Yeah, right? That was on that Shut that mind. shit down, yeah, yeah. man. Pac ain't. F- I was like, dude, yeah, yeah, this shit's yeah. hard. Yeah. You know? Now, granted, there were some people who listened to Wu Tang. There were. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as if you put a room of people together, like eight of them was like nah and that's why i say that tupac is the most influential rapper ever because he is the only person to shut down anyone on the entire coast like if i give you a thumbs down no one's listening to you (laughs) not only that but when he died i was in high school and i swear to you roski i I went to school that day and half the school did not show up yeah Half the school, bro, did not show up. And I said, whoa, this is insane. Like, and there was no social media. There was no, hey, everybody, we're not. They just didn't show up. Like, really, like, people were touched to that level. You know, and and Pac was cool. I was always more, I like big. I I like the way the East Coast spit their raps. I like West Coast beats. You know, I felt like the West Coast had strong beats in this, in, mm-hmm. in the sense of the West Coast beats were more jamming. Yeah. Okay. The East Coast had more melodic beats to where they could get to the nitty gritty. You yeah. know. However, the thing that I didn't like about people on the West Coast is they were talking about the same shit on the East Coast. They just had a different way of saying it. Yeah. So it's like if you can get past the way they're saying it, you can realize they're all broke, they're all selling drugs, they're all robbing people, you know what I'm saying? They're all telling girls shake their ass, they're all like smoking blunts, but it's just in a different way of saying it, you know? So that's the whole thing. Um, But later on, you you gain a different level of appreciation for music. Yep, I agree with that, definitely. So there's that. So, um, okay, I wanna ask you this. Because I wanted to ask Jonathan Lopez this, but it, it slipped my mind. And as a hip hop fan, who would you say are your top three favorite Latino rappers in musical history? In musical history, yes. Uh, Kid Frost would have to be. Do it. On the, on fuck! I should have said Kid Frost. <laughs> fuck! I should have him. Damn it! Fuck! I'm slipping. Shit. Kid Frost, just because of the impact he had on the, on yeah. the culture. Talk about it. Um, I wasn't like I'm, and I'm still not a really big fan. Man, I shouldn't even be saying that because I could be cutting my cutting my uh, followers. But anyway, uh, I'm not a big fan of that whole southern uh, Mexican southern uh, sound. Okay, you know what I'm saying uh, no, no, no problem. It's just not my style. Yeah, that's you know fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different strokes. Uh, but Kid Frost, when Kid Frost came out, Kid Frost didn't never have that flow. Like did Kid Frost just sounded like Kid Frost. Mm-hmm. And the shit was dope. And he always had dope ass beats, so uh, he's definitely would have to be on on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pun would definitely have to be on the top of the list. Uh, who else, man? Rest in peace, Big Pun. Shit. I'm trying to think of something like somebody right now that's, that's popping, but... Mm-hmm. Shit, I used to rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few greats like because when I, I, I think of all right, because I mean like when I think of like Latino rappers, I think of like the Beatnets, right? Like Psycho Less and Big Jew, they're okay. out of like Queens, yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican, and they they make beats, yeah, they yeah. they rap, you know. Um, 
I think uh, about like, you know, or the impact like, of, uh, on the culture. Yeah, no, but those guys, yeah, they're, and they're East Coast, but they that that's a large impact, and they yeah, made yeah. a lot of beats that you probably don't know yeah, that they've true. made. Um, no, I, Fat I, I, Joe, I large impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see who else. South South Park Mexican, huge impact. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, let's see who else fucking had a big ass impact. This Latino. Um, I mean Pitbull for what he did, but that's not really hip hop. Yeah. That's a different thing. Um, I don't count Noriega. Nori use a nigga, so y'all can't <laughs> like Latinos. Y'all cannot. I don't care. He did reggaeton, but we claim Nori. Nori racial draft. You been over here with us? Oh, Fuck shit. with y'all talking. About. I'm sorry, I'm Roski. Oh, we got Nori. We claim. Oh, we are shit. claiming Noriega. That's real. You know, for real. But he, you know, Nori is pretty sick. I, I, I think like. Because he really, he goes both ways. You know, he flips the, he, he put reggae on, on the map. You know, before oh, yeah. him, it was not, it was not a thing. Um, let's see, who no, else? Dude, oh, why, why are we being so fucking disrespectful? Cypress Hill, bro. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. We're being hella oh, disrespectful. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely Cypress Hill at the top of the list. Be real. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, how stupid of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, those guys pioneers, right? Still doing it. Shit, man, shout out. You know who's like be real doing it, but dude, DJ Mugs, they're DJ. Oh my god, he's a genius. Yeah, that man is a fucking genius. He has the some of the best. Like, cause there's a lot of really good producers putting albums right now. Cause he he's putting out quality albums, which is different MCs across the board, yeah. and it's just it's crazy, man. DJ Muggs, all oh, he he's still very very strong. Oh yeah. And it just proves that you know, it, it's funny because in the '90s there was this whole like in my prime thing, and then we get to like you know almost 2020, and everybody is aged like wine, you know, and they've accepted <laughs> like it's about just getting better in your craft yeah. and staying focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so how would you say that in growing your art has changed? Uh, well, definitely reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Zoom for always shooting that that into my head uh, using reference. Um, I don't know, man. Just trying not to take it too serious, and and uh, just wanting people to uh, see it and be like affected by it somehow uh whether it be you know bringing some kind of memory back or that's why i use a lot of uh like hometown imagery a lot mm-hmm. of i kind of like the the uh, louis key yeah you know what i mean i have an angelo sticker uh different places that aren't here anymore but people remember and uh there's definitely like the street corners uh just so that when people see it, they're like, I used to live there, or my mm-hmm. grandma, used to, I used to grow up there, or mm-hmm. I did this there. I mean, I, I had some dude get an Ashland and March sticker off me because he remembers hitting a kid on a bike. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it uh, wasn't, necessar- bikes, <laughs> wasn't necessarily a good memory, but it was Maybe something that, hopefully you know what I'm the kid, right? man, shoot. But yeah, man, it was just, it's just like, I've, I've seen it, uh, connect to people like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that, and that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Is just connect with people. When people see it. They're like, oh, I remember that. Or, you know what I'm saying? So, what are some of the goals you have as an artist that you have yet to obtain? 
uh, well, now one of my goals is going to be to be uh, an oil painter. Mm. Definitely. You made that. Yeah, you sold me on that shit. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the beautiful part <laughs> about it. Yeah, and you have this cold-blooded inherent advantage that you got your baby princess to be yeah, right there with you and paint right alongside that's, that's and learn uh, and get those shortcuts. That's definitely, like, my main goal is to to have her, like, really do things that I've never even dreamed of. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, definitely uh, a good thing to have her next to me. Mm-hmm. Definitely inspiring, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's dope. So where are you into outside of making images? Uh, I have a part-time job at Lowe's. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Lowe's now. Mm -hmm. uh, I do their signage. Okay. Yeah, I just write signs for them. Cool. Uh, that's pretty much that and uh, pushing my art. Okay. I'm trying to do these paint nights. I have a paint night coming out. August 2nd over at uh, Tioga Sakara Brewery. Okay. Um, get in contact with the uh, brewery for payment. Uh, if you guys want to join us over there, we're going to be painting a concha heart. Uh, it's a sweet bread, but in the shape of a heart. And it looks pretty cool. So definitely going to be a fun night. I, I did a little mini test run with uh, some, some family, friends and family uh, the other night. And it, re it went really well, so I can't wait to to teach 25 people. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you learn a lot by teaching, man. Yeah. That's a That's thing. Real. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, check him out, folks. You guys interested in getting the paint night going, you know what I'm saying? Holler at Roski. Definitely. We'll put his information in the description as usual. You know how we get out, family. So, moving forward, your artistic inspiration... Um, you know, being Fresno, um, do you, do you do traveling and does that inform your art or is your art informed mostly by the experiences and things that you've seen growing up? Uh, I don't do a whole lot of traveling. Okay. I need to do a lot of traveling, a lot more, but, um, yeah, a lot of the stuff I, I do or am influenced by is the stuff that you know I saw growing up, or like I'm still in the same neighborhood I was, uh, shit, growing up. You know what I mean, thirty years ago, mm -hmm. I'm back in that same neighborhood. So it's uh, definitely something that I kind of want to get out of, but I don't want to uh, leave behind. You know what I mean? Dig it, yeah, for sure. Staying true to your roots, man. Yeah. Yeah, Keeping they, uh, it authentic, right? Yeah, yeah. I can dig that. I can definitely dig that. So, what type of music do you listen to when you're creating artwork? All kinds, man. Um, I'm definitely into hip hop uh, more than anything. Uh, since uh, Nip's passing, I've been mm -hmm. listening to a lot of him. I wasn't, I wasn't unfortunately uh, up on him when he was here. Uh, I knew of him, but didn't didn't listen to a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But since his passing, uh, definitely been on on Nip a lot. Uh, Burner. Uh, you know what the thing about Burner? Shout, shout outs to Burner. Let me hold on. Let me let hold on. Let's hold on. Let me let me, let me talk about this for a second. 
Burner is the nigga. Burner's the nigga who you could tell he's like, hey, I'm gonna give you three zips. Do this album with me because there's no fucking way you got an album with Cam Styles. Who did you just drop one with? Like he got one with Currency or some shit. I'm like, oh hell, nah, nigga, no, no, no. You were shoot, yo. Here's a dump truck. You know what I'm saying for real? And here's all the clothes. Woo, woo, woo. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man. Come on, that Dipset collaboration he had with Cookies was fire though. Yeah. And then they just did the Mac Dre one. That one's that one's super yeah, fire yeah. too. But I'm just like, yeah, man, to a man that's a cheat code. There's yeah. a cheat code there, right? You know, can I say like, yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what else besides uh, uh, definitely Brand? a lot of Mac Dre. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely uh, a lot of the old school shit. Uh, Mexican music and definitely a lot of Mexican music. My kids keep me on, uh, keep me on all like the new, the new hip hop shit. Mm-hmm. So, if you had a chance to invite five artists to a card game, dead or alive, who would they be? To a card game. Yeah, to a card See, game. I, I like, I, I like playing poker, so it'd be uh, Doyle Brunson will definitely be one of one of the poker players there. He's a poker player, so I definitely want to play uh, cards with Doyle Brunson. Uh, Pac and Biggie, just because I would like to see them together at a at a poker table. Okay. Um, my grandfather. Okay. My grandfather was an artist. Uh, who else, man? Prince. Mmm. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Respect. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good sorbet right there. That's a good sorbet. Cool shit. I'll do a good game. <clears throat> so what are the two best movies you've seen lately? Lately? Hmm? Uh, and then it could be old. It could be new. You might have been watching Netflix and just scrolling yeah. through the other day or something. Definitely that uh, When They See Us. That one killed yeah. me. Yeah. That killed me. Um, yeah, man, I had to take a, I had to take a break. Forty five minutes in, I had to go smoke a blunt, bro. Yeah. I was like, dude, yeah. I had to like, oh, let me chill for a second, go twist one up in the garage because oh, yeah. this shit is nuts right now. This is fucking bonkers, bro. Definitely a tough you know, watch. <laughs> fucking, you know what was crazy though? It's like. Omar was in there, right, mm-hmm. from The Wire, mm-hmm. and fucking John Lake Wazamo, and I always say Roski. <laughs> in my in my biography, like when I in my biopic, Donald Glover, and either if you can't get Don, Donald Glover, I want John Lake Wazamo to play me. Okay, that's right, up. John Lake Wazamo. You know what I'm saying? My biopic. Yeah, yeah. I, that's my fucking dude, man. So I was in there. He's like, man, I gotta go work, man. I got fucking. <laughs> what? I'm like, dude, like he's dude. My shit, my heart was pouring out when John was like, dude, I had to go work. Yeah, like, they was like, dude, so real. what the fuck? He's like, dude, what am I going to do, man? Yeah. Like, like, hey, figure nah, it that's out. that's real. That's how shit is. Because I was looking oh. at him, and I'm like, dude, the way he was playing that shit was like, there's some guy, there's two guys waiting to take my fucking job. The day I'm late is the day these two motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm right. out of hey, here. Bro, like, it's right, New right. York, bro. Everybody wants a job. You can't fuck around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hell no, nah, man. Dude, what? Hey, dude, Hector, come on in. Fucking 
Pablo was fucking late. You're fucking done, fool. And then this dude's on time for four months because no, they know you were real. late. You know what I'm saying? That's and then real. they got a super hard worker. Fuck that shit. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, man, that shit, that was, man, that was nuts. Okay, so next, what else? Uh, shit. What have you seen lately, man? On Netflix. We've been Netflixing a lot. There's been nothing really that's, uh, we've been on that. You fuck with comedies? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of, like, like, if you, my, my top, my OG shit, okay. when I, like, my go-to when I'm bored and I, I, I gotta go, uh-huh. is uh, Tombstone. Mmm, yeah. okay. I'm your Huckleberry type yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's definitely Sit. something I can throw on whenever <laughs> and, and just watch. You know Dude, Doc Holiday is who got everybody saying that yeah. whole prime shit, man. Doc you know Holliday, what I mean? I'm in my prime. And then the motherfucker twisted the cup and shit. <laughs> you know, dude, he had tuberculosis and a baby silver cup. And he was just the man. That shit was crazy. He made that movie, man. Dude, dude wanted to smoke the whole movie. And when he got smoked, Doc Holliday brought smoke for him. Yep. He was like, dude, you want to smoke with me the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And when you get it, you're going to be on yeah. the ground. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, There's man. No you know Daisy at all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Man. Like, you, uh, man, he wanted that smoke so bad. Like, man, let, let Doc live. He got tuberculosis. Just yeah. let him live, man. He got that smoke. Yeah, that was a good one. That was classic. But, yeah, that's my go-to, man. Um, I'm course, surprised. See, I thought you were going to say, like, American Me. That's a oh, good okay. one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nah. Nah, even... You even fuck uh, with the Zoot Suiters? Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed that movie, uh, but I'm... Uh, Probably lean more towards blood and blood out. Ooh, uh, talk your shit, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, American Me was cool. American Me was 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 alright, but I think Blood In and Blood Out had more of an impact mm-hmm. on, on the culture. Yeah, and that was yeah. after American Me. I remember yeah, yeah. when it came out in the theaters, yeah. dude. Like, there's a bunch dude, of bullshit that went on behind dude, the scenes too. I remember, the yeah, American Me thing. Mm. But um, yeah, I think Blood In Blood Out definitely had a bigger a bigger impact. There's a lot more uh, memorable quotes that that motherfuckers be quoting out in the streets. That's kind of like the you know that's I mean? like the they Latino boys in the hood, hood, right? Yeah, you would say that like yeah. that's the equivalent. Yeah, I would say so. Or would you say Men's Society? Men's Society. Men's Society was a dope. Because I thought there was more equivalent to Boys in the Hood. But would you say it's more equivalent to Men's Society? I would say I would say Boys in the Hood. Mm. Yeah, I would say Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. But both of those movies were dope. Mm-hmm. On, on, you know what I mean? On some California was a rough time during that era. Yeah. You know, and it's like now I always say it's no one will ever grasp the severity of growing up in California during the 90s. Like it was a whole, it was another era, man. Yeah. <laughs> like no matter what you did, you had like police to deal with. You had gang members to deal with. Yeah. You had like, if you were doing things like graffiti, they the, the streaks the three strikes law got implemented and then it became an F. So it's like, dude, you can't like graffiti is now a felony. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and it's it just it was California was a super crazy place to live yeah. in the nineties, man. Yeah. Oh that shit. shit. Crazy. Yeah bro. So being in Fresno, being of the town what would you say are some of your favorite places to eat out here? Uh, so 
Well, last night I had Richie's over in Tower. That's definitely my favorite, like, go-to. Pizza, right? Yeah, my go-to uh, pizza by the slice uh -huh. uh, is Richie's. Um, take three right here down the street. Uh, that's a bomb go-to place for lunch. Okay. Um, where else, man? A lot of these food trucks, dude. A lot yeah. of these food trucks I fuck with. Yeah, yeah. Fresno has like a ton of food truck. Card Hop is really cool. They have yeah. that on Thursdays. Mega you know. Texas, I be fucking with deep. Mm. Uh, Latin Urban Bistro. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I try to. I, I, I mean, I do. I hit Mickey D's and, and spots like that every now and then, but mm -hmm. I try to, as much as I can, support support local. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So. In your practice now, do you derive inspiration from other artists that are alive, or is your inspiration derived from where? Just like the, the things that you've seen, you know, growing right up. Right now, mm -hmm. it's almost like uh, I'm in like machine mode, man. And I I, I want to get out of that, but right now it's like, okay, what's the next show? What do I what do I got to do? Because I'm also taking uh, taking on like. Uh, logos people want logos from me mm -hmm. or people want uh me to do some branding for their product mm -hmm. and that's taken away a lot from me doing like some some shit like that you know what i mean some shit like that that uh that's that shit's dope mm -hmm. so it's taken away from yeah he's talking behind. he's pointing to a landscape <laughs> painting bad. guys in the studio it's just totally fine because i you know I, i'm listening here and i'm totally engaged with what you're saying right, but right. I just for a second i was like oh wait people are listening so i have a landscape that i'm working on and it's 18 inches by 42 inches yeah. and he was he was referring to that so okay so you're working on logos you're getting a, a ton of requests for commission work so how is your approach to that in comparison to your approach for your personal work uh, well, for the like for the whole logo work for the commission work, I usually ask for as much reference as possible with stuff that they like, what they want their stuff to look like. That way, I could put it together and give them what they want. Whereas, if I'm doing something for myself, I don't. You know what I mean, I don't need to. It's just whatever I'm feeling at that moment. Um, I think that piece that I gave you, the uh, Liberty is Dead, although it was for, uh, it was for uh, uh, the other Los Muertos show, it was, it, a lot of it has to do with what was going on at the time, mm. you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. That this was like two, three years ago, okay. uh, the election was, was going on, uh, Donald Trump was, you know what I mean, doing all his thing, and I just felt like like liberty's dead bro like mm. you know freedom freedom of free, there's a lot of freedoms that are being taken away from us so me putting uh the other muertos mask on lady liberty and then throwing a big sarape across her chest was making like a statement you know what i mean so I dig it. when i did that that was more me that was more what i was feeling at that time mm -hmm. versus just making a piece for for a show, for a theme show, you know what I mean? And wait, when did you make that piece? How long ago? Uh, this was like three years ago. 
Which is interesting because when you think about what's happening now with the kids, you yeah, know, yeah. and everything, it's still like appeals, mm -hmm. you know, and like things have not gotten better, but they've actually yeah, declined yeah. even more. Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting, you know, that your connection, you know, with the with the Statue of Liberty and you putting, you know, a cultural aspect in that not only represents like the unification of, you know, yourself as a Latino in America, but for me it's like, like you're saying liberty is dead and I, I think about like immediately like the struggle that we as Americans have and not only like myself, but like there's a million, you know, like just there's hundreds and you know, like they're, you turn on the TV every day, you yep. see kids, you see ladies, you know, you see men and yep. their people are hungry. They want to brush their teeth and yeah, shit's yeah. all fucked up, you know, and it's like, it, it's really, it, that piece of it, it speaks volumes, you know, and, and what you did successfully is create a, is a, is create a classic piece because the, the art that you made as time passed even gained more meaning. Right. You know what I'm saying? And as an artist, like, that's something that we can't, like, you can, it's like, that's like some roulette type shit. Like, you yeah. never know if that's going to happen. But, like, yeah, to yeah. create a piece and then, like, you're like, damn, shit's fucked up right now. And then, like, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, and as you look, this whole, if you attribute, like, this whole piece to, like, uh, like a time period, it's like, wow, like, that represented that whole, like, decline in American yeah. civilization right, and culture. Right. But at the same time, it sparked a beautiful dialogue that brought a lot of people together. Yeah. You know, so there's like this, there's like this, um, I hate to use the words, I hate to use the word juxtaposition, but like there's this, this thing that, you know, we come across that makes us question, you know, our own decisions when we, when we look at art, you know? Right. And I feel like as an artist, creating that is, the ultimate mark of success, you know. So right. when I when I see that, when when I'm in the presence of art, that makes me think like, wow, you know. And you created it for one reason, but as a viewer, I'm getting a totally different meaning out of it. You know, right, right. it's like that's a powerful thing. You know, it's it's definitely a powerful thing, and it's it. You know, your your pencil and your pen are like magic wands in um, that uh, in that regard, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. You so you know, keep doing it, and that's—I mean—that's what's important to me about about this show, and that's why I pick the guests that I pick is like the main thing is authenticity, you know. And you can kind of tell. It's like it's real. It's super apparent. You know, you talk to somebody, and you're just like, you look at their shit, and you're like, damn. Number one, this person cares. Like, right. number one, this person cares about like their artistic process from like A to Z, and like what they're creating and displaying and putting out there. Right, There's right. like a level of like you know, craftsmanship in this. Right, you right. know, when I'm looking at like the origami watercolor joints, you have like, damn, man, this is like a level of detail. You know, I enjoy small, you know, pieces. I, I understand the level of care and meticulous, you know, attention that goes into that. Right. So it's like, wow. Um, and as, you know, as an artist and as someone who has, you know, this show, it's my job to, to share, you know, that beauty with the world as I as much as I can. So I say that to say we're about to go to a short break and we'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Episode 16 of the Art and BS podcast. 
recording from Fresno, California, Broadway Studios, holding it down with my esteemed guest, Roski Doski. We up in here. Yeah. So we've covered a lot of stuff. Um, we've covered music. We've covered, you know, movies. We've covered art. Now, here's my thing, like visual artists, because that's one thing I haven't really asked you about, like visual artists. Who are some of your favorite, like painters and, and visual artists? Or are you into anything like that? Because some people are, some people aren't. Um, not some really. of your favorite I mean, illustrators uh, or anything like that? Um, shit, man. I couldn't name them, really. Okay. I mean, a lot of the dudes that uh, influence me are, are a lot of local dudes, like Timber, mm -hmm. uh, Johnny, um, Brian. Shouts to Johnny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Shouts to Brian. Man. But um, a lot of uh, Basquiat stuff. Uh, a lot of, uh, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it influences me. It was just, like, I remember watching that movie. And uh, I think that movie was, I, it was just, a, it was just a, a dope movie. You know what I mean? So that movie got me to see his work. And uh, just seeing that that whole abstract, different type of, I was used to seeing uh, uh, like graffiti stuff, where it was. Uh, and I, I know uh, Basquiat was a, a graffiti artist, but the the shit that he did was was just very eye catching and very uh, different. But um, yeah, dude. Uh, who else? A lot of like comic book stuff. I don't even like know who exactly these artists were, but a lot of like comic book stuff spawned uh, from back in the day. Uh, the move, the actual movie, Spawn movie with John Leguizamo. Uh -huh. Oh it. yeah, yeah, that was uh, the shit. That, and um, that Michael was, Jai White was Al Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that type of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, stuff with heavy lines. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I feel stupid for not knowing half of these artists. Uh, but, Todd uh, McFarlane was like Spawn's illustrator. Okay. He's the creative Spawn. Right Todd on. McFarlane. Right on. But, um, yeah, dude, just stuff with like heavy line work and and uh, a lot of colors, stuff like that. I don't, <laughs> I feel like an idiot sometimes okay. for not knowing who these, yeah. who these artists are. Well, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, but there's always room to learn, you know. Yeah. There's always oh, room yeah. to invest and look into um, art history and have, you know, um, an expanse of knowledge because we are blessed uh, at being in the, in the Central Valley. You know, yeah. we have the Hagen Museum in Stockton, which is the largest collection of 19th and 20th century art, you know, and it's, oh my gosh, shout outs to the Hagen Museum. Special shout-outs to Susie from the Hagen, who is a wonderful woman, the director over there. You guys, if you live in California, get over to the Hagen Museum. They have everything from Albert Beardstadt to J.C. Leindecker to, let's see, who I think they have a Renoir there. They have a Bougaro there. They have uh, Jerome. They have a few Jerome paintings there. <laughs> see, they have... Uh, um, you're speaking Japanese to me right now. <laughs> For real. Like, I'm like, who? Jerome, like Jerome. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when you see a Jerome painting, yeah. it's going to change your life and you'll feel a different way. Yeah. But, like, it, like that museum was definitely a life changing experience. Oh, shit. Justin mm -hmm. Bull. Bull, uh, Bull yeah. is definitely. Just like, Bull, yeah, he's yeah, great. Great he's guy. He's definitely. Mm -hmm. Out of the East Coast. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's definitely an uh, inspiration. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as I'm 
it's hard to like when you ask me and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, take your family out to the museum, man. Mm -hmm. It's free the first Saturday of every month. And they advertise it, follow them on the uh, Instagram, but they always say, hey, it's free day, like Saturday. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. bring your family out there, and there's some real good place to eat. Just make a day. It's a short drive, and it's a it's an inspiring trip, man. Yeah. Like, if you're really thinking about going, if you're thinking about getting into oil painting, you go there, it's going to change your life. Like, I cried when I went there, bro. Yeah. Like, I saw this one, because I went there. Here, here's what happened. The first time I went there, because Nigel told me about it, and then I went there, and they were doing the renovations, and I went for the Bouguereau, because Bouguereau is like one of my favorite painters. And so the Bouguereau wasn't there, right? So I talked to one of the ladies who was there. I was like, where's the Bouguereau at? I was like, you guys broke my heart, you know? Yeah. I was joking with her and stuff. And, but they had some really good stuff. They had like some J.C. Leindecker work. Now, J.C. Leindecker, do you know this? Okay, do you know the Saturday Evening Post? The magazine, it was a publication like back in the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. Norman Rockwell did a bunch of covers for them. Um, now, J.C. Leindecker did all the holiday covers. Okay. Like if it, was, if it was Easter, Christmas, anything that was a holiday, Leindecker was, that was his shit. Rockwell was doing other stuff, like right. all the other special stuff, which outside of holidays. But he was doing theme stuff, but the Easter joint, like that big stuff, 4th of July, anything, that was Leindecker. So they have his oil paintings that were used out there. They're magnificent. So I, I get on Instagram, you know, and I follow them. And, you know, I was telling, you know, I was like, hey, you guys are now the boo girl. You guys broke my heart. And then, you know, I was talking to Susie, the, the director. She hit me up. She's a real nice guy. Now, don't go in there, guys, talking bullshit. Don't go in there being mean. I sincerely, you know, was disappointed. And I was joking. That's my, my sense of humor, you know. So I go back there because she says, hey, come check us out after the renovation's done, right? So I go back after the renovation's done, bro. They have the boo girl. Now that Bougro thing, that painting, that it was like it, it was the Nymphium, and it's a painting that has about at least 12 to 18 women in them, full scale, full size, just you know, just women, beautiful, just all over the place. And it's this thing's probably like eight feet by like 12 feet or something crazy like that, right? So I'm there, I'm looking at the Nymphium, and I'm like, whoa, this is this is it. You here, like you're in front of Bougro, right? Like I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, this this is crazy. So. I'm standing there, I look at it for probably like five minutes. I'm just like trying to absorb all of it because it's a, it's a monster. And yes. I'm like, because every person is like a real, I'm like, dude, this is like you trying to do a, all of these portraits. And like, how? You know, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure it out. And he's lived his life and he did all of these paintings, bro. He did like, like over 70 huge full scale, like, or 90 full scale paintings, 94, 97, something like that. So, oh. um... So I'm like, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So I walk around the corner. So wait, so I, so no, I hit boom. And then there's, the, there's the Jerome paintings and they're like these small orientalist paintings. And they have like, they were all exterior paintings of like alleys and things like that. And, and like Moroccan um, environments and right. things really exquisite, right? To the point where you could see the molding on the, 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 the molding on the skull on like the the outside of the windows and stuff like it was really super detailed so i'm like wow this is the guy who who Bougaro, or not who Bougaro, who, who uh, barg was was fucking with because barg which we'll get to in a second do you know about charles barg no. like uh, 
Charles Bark. I always talk about this guy. Like, I have uh, episodes I talk about this guy. So Charles Bark, he developed a, a drawing course. Um, he's from France. He, de he developed a drawing course for Jerome's school. Uh, Jerome had an art school back in the day. So anyway, but anyway, Jerome had the, the pace because we're not trying to give Jerome pup right now. We're not trying to give Bark pup right now. This is just for the sake of the story. So I walk around the corner and the V-Bear paintings are there. Now they have these V-Bear paintings there. Um, can you look up V-Bear on your phone? Can you look up, uh, can you look up V-Bear, the red portfolio, or look up the red portfolio, just Google the red portfolio real quick so he can see this painting. So there, the red portfolio was this painting that they had and it was on this, it was like a big banner the first time I came. So I'm like, that, that's cool, but it wasn't a big painting. So I'm expecting to see this super big painting of the red portfolio. Like, I'm looking for it, like, okay, because I've seen stuff like this dude's like stuff because they had him on the banners. And I'm looking. So I walk around the corner, and there's this small painting staring at me in the corner. It's a little corner cut, and it couldn't be any bigger row than 8 by 14. Did you find it online? The, uh, the red portfolio, uh, V-Bear. Look up V-Bear, V-I-B-E-R-T, uh, comma, the red portfolio. So it's, um, it, so I walk around the corner and it's, uh, it's like, it's sitting there and staring at me. And I see it and it looks back at me. And I say to myself, what have you been doing with your life, right? And I look at it, and this painting, yeah, this okay, painting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you got it? Yep. So this painting, right, the red portfolio, I look at it, and I look at the interior, and I look at the floor. How big is that? Yeah, um, it couldn't be any bigger. You can find the oh, measurements. Yeah, it, you can find the measurements on. Um, it is. Hold on, it's on. It's on Wiki, but um, I'm all clicking and stuff like that. But um, it is. Yeah, it's at the Hagen. Yeah, shout. Yeah, it's at the Hagen. It's still there, and it is. Yeah, hey man, y'all. Okay. Okay. So it says it is. Bum 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 bum. Oh no, that's some bullshit. Anyway, I'll look up the leg. We don't fact check on here. You guys know I spend about twenty seconds trying to fact check. Anyway, we're back to it. So, I get to the red portfolio, right? I look at it, and I'm like, I'm looking at it, and it's looking back at me. So there's the interior. There, there are these magnificent floorboards. There's this luminescent wood that V Bear painted underneath this cardinal, and the cardinal has this look on his face. And the expression is, there's satire in it, but at the same time, there's this elegance. And I'm looking at the atmosphere, I'm looking at the interior. Now, like, you know, I like Vermeer's paintings. Vermeer is, like, excellent when it comes to interiors. But this particular interior, like, when I was looking at the fabric, the, the, the painting that was behind the cardinal, the, the contrast, like, in the white and the, the, the red of his robe, you know, Everything just spoke to me, and it said, there's more than what you ever thought was possible in this. Like, and there's the possibility that you can create something significant, or there's a possibility that you can be insignificant due to the fact that there are people like this that have dedicated their lives to, like, art. 
the reflection in the floor of his robe. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So, oh. you know. Yeah, definitely. So it was. So you know, I sit there and like I don't want. I like that that solo tear came down. And I like wipe my eye. I'm like, damn. You know, like yeah. fuck, man. This is like a defining moment in my life because I realized like there there's way more that needs to go in this shit than what you ever thought. You yeah, know, like yeah. to get to that level because yeah, man. So wow. it was a moment, and you know, I and went there looking for one thing in the nymphium and then the red portfolio, which was like so much smaller it just it impacted me you know right and from then on i was like yeah i like i like large paintings but like the fact that you can pick so much you can put so much detail into a small space to me that's a feat of like magic like that's the ultimate magician yeah. you know because it's like dude you got it all in that tight space and there's no room for error right. you know like when there's in, in bigger paintings there's kind of more room to hide right. you know like in a small painting when it's super tight can't get away with anything because mm -hmm. it's all there you know mm -hmm. their eyes are just boom like as soon as something's off it's like oh whoop, there it is yeah. you know so and then you gotta go back and fix it and then you know yeah. make it right before you ship it yeah it's definitely like the bigger stuff is what i want to try to get into murals mm -hmm. and stuff it's mm -hmm. definitely something i would want to try to get into um i've been want well i've been meaning to go and, and uh check out johnny do his thing over at that mural he's doing on uh off the, of the Jaguar, yeah. Jaguar. Congratulations, Johnny, for yeah. yelling that one out, oh, knocking yeah. it out. Yeah, he's knocking that out. Mm -hmm. uh, just to try to pick up some tips, but shit, man, it's been hot and I've been in the AC working, so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to go out there and, and, and check him out mm -hmm. and see what's uh, what's going on with that and, and try to pick up some some tips on doing big pieces like that got you big yeah dudes like it's all nothing but love man you like the game is is always there and this is you know like all this is super new to me man like i like like i said back uh, a few years ago got hit with that whole cancer thing and got thrown into not thrown necessarily thrown into it but like i i decided okay life's too short i've been wanting to do art for the longest time i started uh, the whole art thing here at, at the home depot let me go ahead and just drop this and go into it full time. And that's exactly what I did. I quit my job and I went into tattooing full time. And I did, I was doing art full time. Um, so, like, all this stuff is still is still new to me. I'm still, like, uh, soaking up game from, from, from you. Like, you just talking to me right here right now has opened up my mind to so many different to, to so many different aspects of the game. You know what mm. I mean? So, I'm definitely going to check out that... Uh, that museum yeah. I'm definitely gonna check out more of uh, these artists that you've been mentioning just to uh, like you never stop learning man you never stop yeah, you know learn from everybody yeah. you know we're all I'm sitting here soaking up from you yeah, yeah. we're getting we're getting the game from everywhere and that's why we that's why we make this show Roski because I'm a firm believer if people can learn something from this we've accomplished our mention you know yeah. if we can entertain them when they're in their cubicle in their cubicles not to touch them yeah, yeah. you know if we can get somebody who is had a love for art but maybe has strayed off the path back onto the path of making artwork yeah. then that's what we're here for yeah. you know if we can provide some exposure then man we're all the way there you know so yeah we're just we're here to do that man and if, if we don't do it, it won't get done. That's I'm a firm believer of that. Just like we were sitting there making your art, you're like, man, if I don't put these designs together, 
you know, nobody's gonna come up with this stuff. Yeah. So, so you got a bunch of just commissions coming up, man, and you're you're on that. You're wanting to get into the larger scale things. Talk about like, talk more, cause cause we 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 didn't really get into working with watercolor and things like that. Talk about some of your favorite aspects of working with that medium. Uh, I think being able to uh, not be so precise with everything that kind of turns me off to uh, to a lot of uh, like big projects or, or, or projects in general. Uh, I like to be loose with my work a lot of the times, and uh, in a lot of ways, uh, watercolor gives me that uh, that that bit of freedom. Um, also. Uh, it's not necessarily depending on depending on the type of watercolors that I'm using. Mm. It's not necessarily like set in stone. It's something I could, if I want to, uh, change or, or uh, take away later on if I if if I felt the need to. Um, but just uh, for me, it, it's easy. It's really easy to, to to knock something out with some watercolor. So I think that's mainly. The reason why I use it is because it's just easy for me to knock something out. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So why would you suggest that somebody try watercolor? Like if they're artists and they're doing other things, because as a watercolor painter, you can actually speak more to your medium and like and sell the sizzle more than someone who isn't <laughs> using the medium. Because I, I don't really use it, but I know people who are phenomenal artists who do right. amazing work with watercolor. Right. So as and a, I'm nowhere like nowhere near that that level of uh, watercolor artist. Uh, I'm barely scratching the surface with it. So um, other than like just saying hey it's 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 something easy something that you can create like some dope some really dope shit but it's super super easy to to uh to create it to make to uh like certain little techniques that you can do to to uh to bring something to life you know what i mean and, and not necessarily have to be there for hours trying to get a certain look mm. you know what i'm saying uh, okay yeah like layering and and, and getting you know and the fact that you have, you know what I mean, just a blow dryer, you can blow, dry, dry some stuff off and then put another layer of uh, whatever. Flash drying it. Yeah. yeah. So that is, uh, to me, is, is, is something like a plus, I guess. But yeah, I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a good salesman. I've never been a good salesman. Okay. okay. So it would be difficult for me. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> if you're like, uh, you know one guy who's really good uh, at watercolor painting that you want to look into, and he has a ton of books. Uh, his name is James Gurney. He wrote, he made a series of books called Dinotopia, right? And they're these illustrative books that are like humans in these dinosaur um, worlds. And I have one, I bought one at like a Fresno farmer's market, man. It was a steal for like $2, yeah. bro. And it's like, it's like humans living in harmony with the dinosaurs. Okay. And, and it's like, it starts off where like the dad says, you know, they, they get to Dinotopia and then they're like trapped because it's not, it's cool, but it ain't cool. Like the humans are kind of like slaves kind of, yeah. but like the, they use dino, the dinosaurs are around and then the humans are like, you know, 
walking around scooping up dinosaur poop, but then they use uh -huh. the dinos the dinosaurs like they like use them too. It's, it's weird, like it's yeah, yeah, it's like the Flintstone stuff, but it's more advanced. Like he actually designs everything, so when you see it, it's a it's a beautiful world, man. It's harder to describe, yeah. but once you see, it, it's like wow. And he, he he's written a bunch of books about like perspective, color theory with watercolor and things of that nature. Um, he also has an app on the iPhone. It's called Living Sketchbook. And dude does like NBA drawings of like, okay. you know, he'll go to the games, bro, and do like, just like, you know, like LeBron shaking somebody, yeah. like courtside, it'll be a fly watercolor painting, you know. But uh, yeah, James Gurney, dude is a beast. Um, so yeah, you know, when I, when I see watercolor painters, it's always interesting for me because you guys don't use white. And I'm like, wow, the absence of that it's a completely different thought process because like that's not like for me like that color is like white informs every decision that I make there is no point in which like my brush no I'm lying there are points but like outside of like the outside of the far end of like my atmospheric spectrum white is informing every brush stroke that I'm making so it's like if you're never using that and that's not even a part of any equation that you're making for me it's like it's a different you know what I'm saying like I don't know how to think like are that are you really a painter you know? really? no 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 it is no but you are though but you are though but it's like it's a whole different martial oh, art yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying it's like it's a whole different martial art oh, bro yeah. and that's what I'm saying it's like so that's why I'm like man it's like kickboxing and jujitsu you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. like it, they're just two totally different things you know yeah. so not to say that ones like they're like they're both effective you know and, and watercolor is a time-honored tradition and it's proven you know and it's like so for me but I'm just when I see that stuff I'm like wow I don't get it like right. I don't like I can't for me like whoa like I can't I, I can kind of get it but it's just like ah like that's like madness to me right. you know and I, I appreciate it and that's why I like it is because like that's not it's not my lane so it, and I know like huh like these guys are over here kicking ass with that. You know, like, okay, like, yeah, it's, it's definitely sick. Um, oh, yeah. So I definitely, I have a strong appreciation for everybody who does it, because I have a lot of friends who use it and have seen, you know, people use it uh, yeah. very well. But I also noticed that, like, people who have experience with the tattooing field gen generally, like, generally grad like gravitate toward that particular medium. Yeah. Now, is that due to flash drawings? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Flash drawings is a hundred percent. I think the, the the reason why I uh, gravitated towards uh, watercolor painting, um, just the uh, amount of uh, black used in shading. <clears throat> excuse me, in the shading and uh, the technique used to uh, to spread that that black throughout the image like spit shading and stuff like that was definitely something that I that I've learned and that I've uh, you still use uh, when I watercolor um, you doing doing that though I always started uh, with darks and worked my way down but lately I've been switching it up and just building up uh, layer by layer from from a very light a very light tone to 
to what I want to graduate. Yeah, building up the opacity, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, um, that's uh, definitely the reason, one of the, the main, probably the main reason why I, I gravitated towards uh, using watercolor as, a, as the main source of medium that I use. Mm, got you. What do you say are five things that someone needs? If they're looking to get into the art game and be a successful artist, what would you say are, are five things that someone needs? Uh, I'd say definitely uh, get yourself out there on uh, the social media platform. Mm -hmm. That way uh, you could, your art could be seen by people. Uh, building content for that for that uh, social media platform. Uh, so uh, find find your lane. Like find what you're good at. Find what you're good at and uh, do that shit. You know what I mean? As much as you can. Um, what else? Let's see. Definitely connect with the people. Connect with uh, your audience. Connect with your with your followers. And uh, make sure they know that they're, uh, they're appreciated. Because, you know what I mean? Uh, without them you're, you're not you know what I mean your work ain't selling your work ain't being looked at your work isn't isn't being appreciated so definitely let them know that uh, them, that they the, the, uh, the fact that they follow you and the fact that they support you in your work is uh, appreciated um, what else okay so pause let's go into that one real quick what percentage of what you bring in comes from the internet and what percentage comes from organic hand-to-hand relationships uh, that you've built outside of the internet? I'd say, I'd say almost, I want to say 60-40 maybe. I was going to say 50-50, but it's more of 60-40. I'd say hand-to-hand -hand has definitely um, helped me out in getting my, my stuff out there, but uh, the... The social media or IG or you know whatever it is I, that I use uh -huh. um, definitely helps me get out past here, past Fresno. Uh, I've uh, I've gotten I've gotten the chance to uh, mail out. I've gotten the chance to mail out uh, my stickers and, and prints to like Canada, to Florida, to, to New York. Ooh. So. That right there to me is pretty. It's pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? Your uh, shit, man. Talk your shit. Uh, that's uh, that, I, I think that's my main goal, man. It's just having being able to do some shit and and somebody somebody saying, "Damn, I like that. I like that enough to to buy it and hang it up in my in my space." You know what I mean? Is I like to say to part with their hard earned. Yeah, yeah. Or in some cases, not so hard earned money. But who are we to judge? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, definitely. That's uh, yeah. that's the Money main goal. Money though, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely an appreciation, you know. Um, yeah, that's cool. Okay, let's uh, let's have a let's let, let's have a conversation um, because you know I was I want to ask you this. 
Do you think that traditional art is dying? Traditional art? Yeah. Uh, define what you mean by traditional art. Traditional art. I mean, do you feel like motherfuckers that like paint with paint, brushes, paint and brushes like, 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 and wet shit like how we do? Cause, uh, like, because here's the deal. When you're picking up that, when you're picking up that brush right. and you're dipping it, in that Wacom, that's right, painting because right, right. it's right. wet. Okay, right, right. when you're on the computer and you're using that Wacom or that eye, that eye pencil there, and there's nothing wet going in there, right. that's not a painting. That's an illustration. Yes. So, with the fact that there's all of these countries that don't have access to tools and utensils like we do, but can go and order a tablet or an iPad and get like a Wacom or, or a stylus and create digital artwork like that, do you feel like? You know the traditional artwork is dying or do you I like don't. it's still i mean based off of what i see mm -hmm. here here in town and here um, locally i don't see that dying okay um on a global scale you know i mean I, I, a lot of the shit is going digital a lot everything is going uh is going that route but um i think it's just what we make it man right here if we got it going on here and we're doing that shit here, like tra traditional art here, mm -hmm. then just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Keep pushing it. Eventually, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it'll, it'll keep catching on. or not necessarily catch on, but you know, we'll, we'll try to keep that shit alive. You know what I'm saying? Keep it from dying. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, like, you, like I said, I keep, I'm still on Johnny's dick. You know what I mean? He's, he's out there fucking painting. Painting his ass off, yeah. you know what I mean, in a hundred plus degree weather. Yeah, working so, hard. And and no, nah, I don't see that. I don't see that traditional aspect of art dying. Okay. Uh, the other shit's cool because I, I mean, I do it. I do the the illustration shit on, on Photoshop and on Illustrator and stuff. So that's that's uh, easy. I think an easy way to make some extra cash. You know what I'm saying? Got you, baby. But uh, definitely the hands-on painting and, and that's more personal, definitely more uh, something that I, I could, uh, you know what I mean, put a part of myself into. Because literally, like, I'm, I, when I'm painting, I'm spit shading. So I'm liter <clears throat> literally putting my DNA in the motherfucking paper, you know what I mean? So you know what? After Roski's dead and gone, all you motherfuckers with counterfeits, we DNA checking that shit. We DNA checking it. If the spit ain't there, if it don't match up, it's over. Yeah, man. That's real. There's this movie on Netflix, bro. It's called Fuck. It was it's like Bur man Baraki or something like that. Some like like German dude. And he made his living on doing high-level forgeries, and he would sell forgeries for millions of dollars, uh, right? And here's how cold this motherfucker was. He had his whole family, his wife was in on it, right? Uh, his wife was the salesperson, and he was the artist. Yeah. So here's what she'd do. She'd go and be like, hey, y'all, my aunt died, and she got the un like this uh, this this Picasso from uh, from whom whom whom. So what he would do is he would look at all Picasso's paintings or like whatever, like, artists you want to pick it would be like Renoir Van Gogh whoever name whoever you want to name right? Right, right so it like all right all of these like Van Gogh paintings or whatever and it's like okay or like whatever and it's like you look at the periods and he would create like if there was a gap in their work he would create a painting and it would be like oh this was the missing painting from like their that uh that artist's work and shit so right. he was selling for like 
15 million, 20 million. Sotheby's was giving it up. Because here's what happens, right? Well, because when your wife calls and she says, yo, Unc just died, and there's there's the unfounded Monet in here, the investigators pop up, right? From the auction houses. So they pop up and they start looking. They start looking. If it passed the eye test, then they take it back, right? Yeah. And then the scientists get a hold of it. The scientists put it underneath the microscope. Yeah. They check it on a molecular level, right. right? So here's what happens is we all know that like artists in particular times are limited to particular materials, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy had it down. He was like, okay, let me mold my own paint using like the, the minerals because that's like a lot of oil painters like at certain levels mold their own paint. And that's yeah. the only thing I'm not doing right now. Like I'm cutting my own wood panels, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we plug by, by a custom framer, you know what I'm saying? So it's like shits, we all the way from the ground up except mix on own paint. Anyway, so. So dude was like taking like like old concrete and rocks and like ash and like he had a whole science of like smoking the paintings to age them and like putting rocks in there so it would be like down in the crevice of the canvas. So when they took it to the scientists, all the stuff would be like old and aged and stuff like that, right? Because smoke ages like the, the fabric. So he was getting away with it, hitting them. La, 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 right? And, and nobody knows that this is even popping, bro. Right, his kids are like, we just thought dad was some lazy artist. We didn't know, like, we thought he never painted anything. And he got this studio with huge forgeries. And he had some stuff that was, like, his original stuff that was hard. But he was, like, really big on these forgeries. So the way homie gets rolled up, this nigga gets sloppy. And he used some titanium white out the tube. Oh, shit. And that shit wasn't around back then. Titanium white was not around back then, right? They only used lead process white, right? So, um, and flake white, like you had to use shit like that, but like a lot of them use like, like a stack lead process back then. Um, so fucking, it was like, he used that titanium white out the tube and fucked himself. Cause when they looked at it on the molecular level, that one time, boom, 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 boom. And then it like, then they started like doing like the math, like, wait, hold on, you know? Like, and then they just, they caught him up and dude, but he was like, the crazy part is like he went to jail for a little bit and then was on house arrest. It wasn't even like no crazy, like super wild punishment. Like he was back out, like making Where a movie and shit in Germany. Yeah. yeah, it's on Netflix, dude. It's like, it look, like if you look up art movies, like it's on this like Bariaki or Zart, like the art of forgery or something. Like it's some weird Italian name with hella C's and hella I's. And when you see it, it's so weird. You like, that's the motherfucker. He, was, it, he can't, I, I can't even say the shit. This was it. And then it's a, like the movie is bananas, bro. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's definitely, and, but what's crazy is like, it's, it shows that like, I think about like that movie because that guy said his dad was foraging art. Like he was looking at stuff forging when he was a kid. And it's like, we all, a lot of us start, like you started, your mom was doing portraits. You know, I started, like my dad was doing observational drawings like in our house, just like he would look at like the lamp or like the table or whatever, or the TV and drawing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So just in ballpoint pencil, a lot of times we get, we, we have this RG and we get it and like what we choose to do with it is like all on us, you right. know? And um, it's, it's very interesting that the power that like people can have with our yeah. work. 
you know, but yeah, man, I'm super big into like the pursuit and like the knowledge of like what's had like the history and you know, I'm starting to get more into like, you know, just the knowledge because the more I look at things, the more inspired I am, you know. Yeah. You know, like the, the artist you had mentioned, like Justin Bua, that dude's, you know, he's a he's a beast, you know. Yeah, and then um, you mentioned Justin Bua, you mentioned, uh, who was the second guy you mentioned? Um, oh, Basquiat. Yeah, I hate Basquiat, bro. Don't give me solid. Don't give me that. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll rant on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you give me the look when I mentioned his name. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Basquiat. That's I mean, like, well, because for me, I feel like this. Like, Basquiat, he, it was good for what he was good for. But also, I feel like Basquiat was one of those things where Andy Warhol just put that nigga on and people didn't think he was uh, going to blow up. Because there there were these parties that they used to, like, they were ugly duckling parties. Mm -hmm. They would take people to them and then, like, put artists on and then pull the wool, wool from underneath their feet, you know. And it right. was like... He just never, you know, got the wool pulled up from underneath his feet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he hustled, but for me, you know, I don't, like, you know, when I look in the mirror every day, I'm a black man, you know? And, like, as where I look at, like, artists, Basquiat, not to say that I know that he didn't want to be classified as a black artist, but, like, at the end of the day, now they're putting his stuff in you know, black artists exhibits in museums, so there's no way around that, right? right? Like, you're born black, you die black. Like, you, even right. if you don't want to be classified, like, they're going to, you know, that's what it is. Right. So, like, for me, it's, you know, he's kind of in that, like, you know, I like what Van Gogh left us in the forms of painting, but I, I feel like his spirit in say is in the same form, like, I don't really care. Whereas, like, with me, I like artists like, you know, Henry Aswa Tanner, you know, who was like really the first African-American painter, you know, to really be in fine art. And he had to go to France because of like racial persecution, you know, but like he was a fucking badass, you know, to the point where like a lot of, you know, fine artists were doing his portrait, you know what I'm saying? Like back then it was just like, oh shit, like that's like the ultimate homage, you know, to like paint another painter is like super homage, you right. know, so, you know, I look at painters who, you know, have left like a legacy of not only being prolific, being but being proficient in like an accuracy, you know, of like uh, the brush and like what they want to say in their vision, like to the point where, and not to say the Basquiat wasn't proficient in the accuracy of the brush in his vision, because hey, that's what it was. But like for me, I want something that is It's one of those things where, it, you know, my dad used to always say, as a black guy, you gotta work twice as hard to get, you know, just as much. So, like, when I look at the painters, it's like, I wanna see, like, that yeah. shit that's, like, on par with all the rest of these motherfuckers. Like, yeah. I don't wanna see somebody who's expressing themselves and getting a pass because they, they express themselves. Like, if you're not fucking Sargent up, if you're not fucking, you know, Velasquez up, if you're not fucking with Caravaggio, how are you in the conversation? Like, People, like, when people talk about fucking, you know, Caravaggio and invoking emotion, there's a technical, there's an unarguable technical proficiency that's going along with him that allows him to provoke that emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, it's like, as a black man, why can't I have that same technical, technical proficiency show that here's an intimate look into the world of my people and provoke that emotion? 
You know what right. I'm saying? So that's why I like like a Henry Aswa Tanner or maybe like a Fahamu or something like that. Like, you know, Kahende is cool. Um, like, uh, like you know, even Kerry James Marshall, even like he's not super crazy academic, but it's like it's packed with so much feeling and the experience of like who we are as a people. It resonates, you know, as opposed to, yo, I just shot some heroin and this is what my painting looks like. And that's when I see a boss yet, that's what I feel yeah. like, like, this is a guy who shot some heroin and did a painting. I got you. So, you know, that's my Basquiat rant. You guys heard it here. <laughs> that's what's up. Outside of that, man. Um, so, if they are looking for you on social media, where can they find you at, bro? Uh, Instagram, at Roski Doski. Uh, on Facebook, uh, is uh, Roski Gonzalez, uh, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. I stay, I stick to uh, just those couple of uh, social medias. I don't have a whole lot of different accounts everywhere. Um, yeah, you can catch me August 2nd at Tioga Sequoia doing a paint night. Uh, follow me and you can find out more about that. Um, let's see. You can catch me at the uh, Sunday Night Light Sesh. Oh well, this is going out Monday, so that's it's going there, out. Yeah, 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 but I'll be at I'll be at next week's uh, Sunday Night Life sesh and probably uh, the uh, Sunday Funday sesh uh, over on Clinton, uh, doing my thing, selling my stickers, selling my art, pushing my art, and uh, yeah, trying to make that mighty dollar, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, you got any shout outs, Roski? Uh, shout out to the homie Zumbi, man, for putting me on. Shout out to Henry. For uh, Henry Local, for uh, from uh, I'm a part of uh, Fresno Underground Art, mm -hmm. uh, the collective of, of okay. a couple different artists, and uh, Henry definitely put me on, as well as Zoom. Um, shout out to uh, the homie Half from Game Face Music from back in the day <laughs> for uh, actually giving me the no the moniker uh, Roski Doski. Uh, it was Ro for a long time, uh, uh, my homie Bird from back in the day gave me the uh, nickname Roe, short for Roosevelt, and uh, that's the high school I went to. Um, but the homie- Seems like had, a lot yeah. of artists came out of that fucking school. Yeah, a lot like of- Like hella fucking of, artists, bro. Yeah, like a lot of- Like hella niggas came out of it. <laughs> that's real, that's real. But yeah, uh, shout out to my wife for always, I mean, being with me and having my back, and definitely to my daughter. My daughter at Gianna is cool with a K on uh, Instagram. She's dope, man. Check her out. She is uh, definitely an up-and-coming artist, and she's going to be doing big things here pretty soon. Mm. Oh, we're looking out to Jazz, too. I see she has a studio right here across the way. She's uh, got me in a little show on Thursday night over at uh, El Patron, I think the name of the nightclub is. Okay. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a little show. She has a little show going on. So yeah, is shout out to Jazz. Is it just a uh, it's a, a night, a noche en el barrio, so a night at the in the neighborhood. Uh, so it's gonna be like a like a I guess a Chicano themed. Uh, gotcha. Chicano themed that's art. That's tight. So yeah. That's it. But yeah, uh, shout out to all the artists in, in town, man. Shout out to all my followers for uh, for supporting me and, and always uh, looking out for my work and, and coming up to the booth and. Let me know that they uh, appreciate what I do. I, I really do appreciate that. That that makes me feel good and it makes me lets me know that I'm doing something right. Lets me know that I'm that I'm on the right 
on the right track, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're living now. Shout out to you, by the way, man. You know what I mean? Good looking out to you. Like you didn't have to, didn't have to uh, ask me to be on this show. You didn't have to, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, you looked out. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what's up. Cool. That's tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate that, man. Oh wow. Yeah, you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, please hit us with the five-star rating on Apple. Drop a comment. It helps us with the metrics. Once again, we run in the uh, painting sale. Hit your boy up if you guys are in town. Hit Ro up, Roski up on Instagram. Hit him up for some art as well. Commission this guy. Also, his daughter, commission her. Support the youth. Because yeah. like ODB said, we for the children. Yeah. And you guys know, you could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Once again, this is James Drills. We out of here like Vladimir. You can catch us again next week. Same bullshit time, same bullshit channel. James Drills, over and out. Peace.